Welcome to the Community Karma Podcast with Aaron Jones and Carrie Hill. Join in as they discuss building community, branding, and how any business can benefit from a holistic approach to growth. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Community Karma Podcast. I almost forgot our name. Oops. <laughs> That's what kind of day it is, folks. <laughs> it's Monday all week. Uh, <laughs> I'm Carrie Hill and she is Erin Jones. Hi, Erin. Hi, hi. Uh, this I can already tell this is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> How many cups week... of coffee have you had today? Oh my God, let's not count. That's, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about com- competitor comparisons and how to outbrand the competition. Um, I think one of the questions we get a lot or one of the situations we run into a lot is um, clients or partners kind of freaking out because their competitor is doing all this stuff and they're not doing it. Or they're really worried about a competitor but we don't really find evidence to support that worry. Is that a good way to put that, Erin? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about um, real versus perceived competition and virtual versus local competition when it comes to branding and community building. Yes, because oftentimes they are different. And I feel like that's something that we need to discuss with other business owners and clients quite often it it Mm -hmm. seems to come up that who you're competing with you know in your neighborhood is not always the same person that you're competing for attention with online or who you perceive to even be your competition is really not your competition maybe you've just both been in in the business for a while in the same area and you see happen to see this particular truck a lot and so the perception is that they're really busy and all over the place but maybe you just have similar schedules exactly (laughs) or your local boutique is not a direct competitor to Nordstrom you know someday that would be fantastic but probably not you know your advertising budgets are way different your clientele your size everything so that that means that they are probably not your direct competition Right. But there's ways you can piggyback off of that. Right. So like your example of the local boutique, maybe Nordstrom's having this really huge sale, but it's a zoo or um, they don't have a certain thing that you carry. So maybe you, you know, use that momentum from Nordstrom's big sale and make a little campaign that talks about um, couldn't find XYZ at Nordy's. We have it in stock or or something like that, you know, or skip the that's a great reason to keep an eye on what other brands are doing, not just your Mm -hmm. own. Right. For sure. And, and then there's like the virtual versus local and the real versus perceived, which we've kind of talked about already. Um, I think online competition is very different from offline competition if you have a, like a brick and mortar shop, like your boutique example, right? So who she competes or who that boutique competes with um, locally as far as foot traffic is probably very different from who they compete with online because their online competitors might not even be local, right? They could be anywhere. Exactly. And it, it could be Nordstrom if you're looking at SERP placement. Mm-hmm. Um, um, SERPs are search engine results pages. Sorry for those of you who aren't very <laughs> active in the SEO world. Um, 
you know, and, and your, your online competition could even be a business that's completely different than yours. You just may have a similar name or some similar keywords. So being mm-hmm. on top of all of that really makes a difference. And it can also help you differentiate between what you should be promoting locally versus what you should promote online. You right. Know, so your, your local audience has a different mm-hmm. style. They may have different preferences than your online audience. And you want to pay attention to that. Well, and it's important for the little guy that's trying to compete against the big guy to to really tout that value add. And I harp on that a lot. But, um, you know, what do you get by shopping locally that you don't get by going to the big store or ordering from Amazon, for example? Agreed. And there are so many values that you can provide that aren't incredibly Mm -hmm. expensive. You know, I know a lot of times my clients think I'm trying to bankrupt them because of all my ideas for their promotions but they (laughs) they don't all have to be expensive and they there can be a lot of value in you know I say this all the time but on providing great service and being Mm -hmm. available to people as a human so that they know that when they're buying something from you they're buying it from you well and I think part of that strategy is timing right so um a lot of people during the holiday season let's use this as an example go to after work parties or you know things that happen in the evenings right and so um you you have to um have a gift for that or a bottle of wine that you want to take along or something for the hostess or host advertise to your local radius maybe a 10 15 mile radius around your little local shop that you have these things available they can swing it and pick it up fast you have it at these price points it's all wrapped up ready to go right bang yeah problem and if solved. you have the capacity offer a concierge service and drop it off to them at work yeah or you know, take it out to the a, car you know or yeah, something exactly curbside pickup because when i'm in a hurry i don't want to unbuckle my kids put coats on drag them in somewhere yell at them mm-hmm. while i'm trying to pick out what i need to pick out drag them back out take off coats rebuckle um it's an ordeal so anything you can do to make my life easier is going to absolutely entice me to do business with you yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, again, that's the value add. That's what you can do that the big guy can't do or won't do, right? Exactly. And you can change stuff on the fly. You know, um, one thing mm-hmm. that I thought was really great, it, it kind of tied into what we talked about on our saying thanks episode, a local business that I absolutely love, um, a small boutique near my house, and I spend way more money there than I should. Um, we're having a blizzard right now. So she posted on Facebook and just said, you know, for the safety of our customers and our employees, we're going to be closed today. But, you know, in exchange for your inconvenience, there's a sale going on on our website. Uh So, you know, she said, everything I've got in the shop right now is available online. Do your shopping from the comfort of your couch, grab a blanket and a cup of coffee and have at it. I, I thought that was a great way to, not look negatively at the fact that they're closed for the day, but a way to entice people to shop, even though she's not opening her doors today. Well, and that also goes back to the, do you need to be open if you have online opportunities, right? Exactly. I was like, thank you so much for proving our point. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that we talked about in their pre-talk was collaborating with your competition, which I think is an interesting kind of twist on it, right? Yeah, and I actually, this same boutique, um, she and two other boutiques in the area, they get together and do fashion shows together. 
or mm -hmm. if she's out of something or doesn't have something in a particular style, she'll say, hey, have you tried these guys? They always have really cute stuff. And I love the collaboration between brands over the let's pretend they don't even exist because they're my competition and I don't, you know, I don't want you going there and taking money away from me. Or going um, one step further and bad-mouthing the competition, which I think is a terrible thing. You should never do that, even if the customer brings it up first. Um, agreed. And don't you know, buy there's into enough, that. For sure, mm -hmm. there's enough business to go around. Everybody has different preferences and communication styles. And, you know, don't try to force something to fit if it doesn't. And same, don't try to make somebody hate someone just because you're in competition with them for dollars. Mm -hmm. Um you know, another collaboration that she did, since I'm just going to use her for my example today, <laughs> is um, she worked with a local photographer and provided outfits for girls for senior pictures. So they could oh, come cute. in and wear anything they wanted from the shop. Mm -hmm. She got professional photos done of adorable high school seniors wearing all of her clothes. Mm -hmm. um, and now the photographer is back doing Santa pictures. Um, at the boutique so that if people bring their kids in, they're distracted with a candy cane and Santa Claus while mommy shops. Well, um, not only that, she's got professional photography of all of her products, right? Exactly. So sign a little waiver. Hey, can I use you in my advertising? Put that stuff up on the website. Sold, And right? people love the photos, so they're booking yep. sessions with the photographer for family pictures. They're seeing mm -hmm. the senior pictures of the other girls, and girls are going, I want my pictures to look like that. I mm -hmm. actually went in and bought two things off of the senior picture photos because clearly I'm so close <laughs> to the 18-year-old demographic that it worked for me. But, um, you know, she's the sense of goodwill that she's creating. The other thing she does when she does live videos or posts, she mentions local restaurants that she's getting lunch from that day or holding mm -hmm. a cup of coffee from the local coffee shop. Um, so her community goodwill is amazing and she's not giving off that vibe, that scarcity vibe, you know, right. that makes people uncomfortable. Don't, don't give somebody a hard time if they're shopping with your competition, show them why they should be shopping with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for highlighting the things that maybe your competitors do better than you do. Like maybe you carry shoes, but they carry more. Right. And so if somebody is looking at shoes in your store, but they don't end up buying a pair and they're buying something else and they're checking out, maybe you ask them, you didn't find a pair of shoes you liked. And they're like, well, you didn't have this in my size. Oh, you know, this place across town has them. They might have your size. Do you want me to call and ask? Like that little piece of value add that could potentially send business to a, to a competitor. Sure. But that little above and beyond offer is huge, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that keeps you top of mind. And it impresses mm -hmm. people because they don't see it coming because other brands are not doing that. So mm -hmm. you're differentiating yourself while you're helping them with something that's, you know, that's kind of a perfect storm. Yeah, for sure. I always, I tell my clients a lot, um, you need to do what your best competitor is doing plus 30%. And yes. the 30 is kind of arbitrary. You could say 50. You could say 100. <laughs> right. But it gets people thinking, like, what could yeah. I do that just pushes me a little bit ahead of them? You know, simple things like, um, again, not, not a really logical real world example, but there is a coffee shop in Aspen up in the mm -hmm. mountains. It's 
you know, beautiful mountain scene, but after you get your hot cocoa or your coffee, they have like a topping bar. So, Mm -hmm. you know, where you go get your stir stick and your sugar, they also have, you know, marshmallows and whipped cream and little crushed up candy canes. And, you know, it probably doesn't cost them much at all, but it really made an impact on me because it was just adorable. You know, it was really fun. It was something that Starbucks clearly isn't doing. And, you know, most local coffee shops tend to put themselves up against Starbucks as far Mm -hmm. as comparing to what they're doing. So, you know, they provided a great service. Their coffee was delicious, but then they had this little bit of icing on the cake that I thought was really fun. Right. And people remember those little pieces of icing, right? Those are the things that keep that brand top of mind. You know, um, the next time you want to go out for hot chocolate or the next time you're in town, you think, oh, let's go to that place that has the toppings, right? Yeah. Instead of let's just go to Starbucks and get a hot chocolate, you know? Yeah, because everybody's had that. So whenever we had company come in from out of town when we lived over there, we did. We drove up there and, you know, everybody likes wandering around town in the winter there. It's Mm -hmm. It's beautiful and it was really fun. Yep, I agree. Um, And then, you know, as we've been talking about a bit, you don't have to be cheaper than the competition. I don't think that that's the goal, right? Um, But you, your customers have to perceive value for what they do receive. Maybe um, you cleaned up after yourself really well, or put everything right back under the sink when you were done fixing the pipe you know, or put booties on your shoes before you walked in the door or, you know, those little pieces of value add make a big difference. I have a client that uses a a communication system for appointments pre and post appointment called Podium. Um, And it's a little pricey, but he finds it very worth it. And a lot of his reviews online say things like their communication, you know, before and after the appointment was great. We knew who was coming. We knew when they were going to be here. We knew when they were on their way to our house. Like um, those little pieces of value that you add justify maybe a bit higher pricing, right? Absolutely. And the other thing is, is you you know, if you're providing a better value, then you don't have to be cheaper. The other thing about that is with a contractor, you know, if I've got someone framing my home, I probably don't want the cheapest guy, Mm -hmm. you know? So as a business owner, that's something that you can promote. Yeah. You want the cheapest mechanic fixing your car. You're going to be back in there in three months. Let us do it right the first time. Or, you you know, know, talking about comparing my husband is a painting contractor right and so he talks to a lot of people when he's doing in the sales process about comparing painters apples to apples do they have liability insurance do they have workman's comp insurance have they done their osha training how you know how many stories are they certified to work at does that fit your job needs you know there there's a lot of things you can do to convey your Um, expertise and to make sure that people understand, you know, these are all the things that a professional company does without saying, hey, all these other guys suck and they don't do any of this stuff. (laughs) Right. Highlight what you're good at. We use Mm -hmm. superior products. So your paint is going to last longer because we're using better paint. Um, You know, we have our insurance. We've got this. Our employees are all background checked. Yep. How many coats did they quote? Like, you know, how many coats of paint are they going to put on your wall? That's a big one that people don't realize that the cheaper quote might be for one coat of paint and Todd's going to do primer and two coats of paint. Like, you know, that 
that's a big price difference, not just in product, but in time. (laughs) Yeah. And do they clean up when they leave? You know, Mm -hmm. if there's paint on my couch when they leave, Mm -hmm. probably not worth the cheaper price because now I'm dumping it into getting my carpet cleaned or my furniture fixed or replaced. So there, there are a lot of ways, you know, if someone's going to come in, do a good job, clean up when they leave and my house is going to look better when they left than when they got here, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely worth more money to me, especially if I feel safe and comfortable around them. Yeah, for sure. The last little topic we have on our list is one that's a bit controversial. I don't know if we'll call this a clap back because I'm not sure we see different sides of the issue, but, um, you know, stealing employees, when should you poach and when shouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have two opinions on this. Um, First of all, as, as the best employer in the area, you want to make it so your employees are unpoachable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pay, pay better, provide better perks, be a good boss. You know, yep. if they've, their kid has a school play at noon, be like, Hey, go, go do that and come back. You know, we're, we'll take care of this while you're gone. Make it so that they cannot be taken away because mm-hmm. that's the first thing you want to look at. And as far as being the poacher, you can do that ethically incredibly by being the best employer in the area. <laughs> right. Because you know, they'll come to you, right? You don't have to call them exactly. and say, hey, do you want a job? They're going to be like, oh, this is the best company. Let me call and see what they're offering. Right. You know, we talk about the Valley a lot, but what we do and what my husband does, there were only three or four companies in the area that did what, what we do. Mm-hmm. And so you knew who paid best. You knew mm-hmm who was more fun to work for, who had a better company culture or where they cut corners. And so you want to be the guy that everybody's, that's the top rung. They go, yeah, I'm going to work here for a year or two and get experience. But my end goal is to work for this guy. Um, right. So and I, I, I have a fine line on the, on the poaching issue. I think mm-hmm. that um, turnabout is fair play, but if you're mm-hmm. going to do it, you got to be ready for it to happen to you too. Yeah. I think so. And I think, you know, making sure that you're not vulnerable to that by taking care of your employees is important. You know, there's an employer over here in our valley. It's actually the energy company um, of all places. But it's like, you know, Scuttlebutt is it's the best employer in the valley and they never have openings hardly mm-hmm. ever and so when they do have an opening people flock to apply because they're the best employer they take good care of their employees they have great benefits they pay really well they have good retirement like that's the place where people want to work and all they had to do to get that reputation was be great employer right and and you get paid back in spades because your employees per- then provide a great service to your customers you become known as the best, which increases your reputation. You get that brand insulation that when someone goes to complain about you, people are going to stop them before they get too far. You know, mm-hmm. taking care of your people is one of the most important elements of running a good business. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face. I, I really, really believe that. Well, and that insulates you from the competition too by, you know, you have the best employees, you're the best employers, you get the cream of the crop of the employees, they don't leave. Right, so you're not happy to be there. Mm-hmm. You're not constantly trying to, ha- you know, find people that know what they're doing and are good at what they're doing, which is, you know, an, a crack. It's an opening for having to hire people that 
might not represent your brand very well. And, uh, you know, I know in the trades, at least where we live, um, for every 15 employees you hire, one might work out for more than six months. I mean, it's really, really hard to find good employees, even if you do pay well and take good care of them. So, you know, finding, being the brand that doesn't need to hire very often and has long-term employees in place, that insulates you from criticism. Definitely. And being hiring, being hiring, I'm not sure if that came out right, but (laughs) if you're constantly posting job postings or on social media that you're hiring and you're promoting that often, that is subconsciously telling people that you can't keep your employees. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it may not be a big deal on its own, but if you're doing other things wrong, that's going to be a red flag both to job applicants and to customers. They're going to say, well, if they're always hiring, are they going to be able to get my work done on time? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's going on here? Why are they always looking for people? I don't think it's as important in a community, you know, like the Valley where there is a hugely transient community where people are moving in and out all the time. But in a small community where everybody knows everybody, it's absolutely something that people pay attention to. For sure. I I agree with that 100%. All righty. Well, if you have any tips or thoughts on kind of, you know, out, out branding your competitors and that's almost not not a an, a good description because i don't think that it should be a me or them mentality like aaron said there's enough business to go around but our goal here is to make you the best brand that you can be um, with what you have or what you have available to you right definitely you want to your biggest competition should be yourself you should mm-hmm. constantly be looking at how you can outdo yourself that's a real that is actually is a really great point because you know you can be your your best friend or your own worst enemy right (laughs) absolutely especially with running a business you know there there are so many things that you can do to make yourself look bad the competition doesn't even have to try yeah for sure well Erin thanks so much thank you (laughs) that's it for another episode of the community karma podcast we'd love to see your feedback we're uh on twitter facebook Um, You can find Aaron or I, or you can tweet at community karma underscore. Um, We'd love to hear back from you. If you are listening on a podcast platform and have a few minutes, your rating or review would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to sign up for reminders via the website communitykarmapodcast.com. See you next time.